Let's get this bitch started. I said we got this. Flow stupid, yet the rhyme's so brilliant. Never could you bring the kid down, I'm too resilient. And fuck them biting ass niggas who be stealing. Y'all niggas copy my style like a chameleon. I'm a Brazilian, that's one in a million. Too high for ceilings, it's how I am feeling. What the blood clot? How did all these nug rocks have me looking dumb hot with my eyes all bloodshot? Now that's a mugshot in the making. No need for ovens when you're waking. Yo, 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 welcome back to another episode of the Hip Hop Heads Podcast. HQ up in this bitch. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. We're back with another episode, man. And this week, we're hitting y'all with an album review that has been come in the in the works for a couple weeks now. And this time, it was my turn to choose the album. And y'all know I had to hit my man Cooper with a left hook out of nowhere, hitting him <laughs> with the R&B suggestion that we review my girl Snow Allegra's new album, or, or I guess latest album, I should say, yes. Temporary Highs in the Violet Skies. Now... I, as I was telling you before the show, um, I, I've listened to Snow Allegra before this. Um, I really, really like her song. Uh, uh, what the fuck is that joint called? Uh, I'm saying I really like the joint. Can't remember. Right <laughs> uh, 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 I, I want you around. And honestly, I think it's one. Of my, that's one of my favorite songs. Like in general, like that is my fucking shit. So I was definitely excited to listen to um, this new joint, and I was excited to see how you felt about it. Since, of course, my man Cooper is the R&B connoisseur in the flesh. So <laughs> I'll put his R&B knowledge up against anybody. Check him if you want. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Taking a bow, taking a bow. Um, now, I was actually really, really pleasantly surprised by this album. Um, I thought that she was just going to be another one Kind of like And I was I feel kind of bad Always putting um, Homegirl in the mix And I can never fucking remember her name Eat the booties like grocery <laughs> You know What's funny is I'm sure there's a couple other ways To remember her Dates Big Sean <laughs> Little Asian girl <laughs> No no Eat the booty like groceries Fuck the bullshit When I say that You know exactly who I'm talking about Janae Aiko. <laughs> Janae Aiko. Because I really do like Janae's, Janae's sound. The way that she sings, her voice is very pleasant. But I've never really heard her open up and see what she could do range-wise. Like, how powerful she can get. Like, how high she can get, how low she can get. Like, what her range is. Like, because she's very consistent on how she does the, her level of her voice on her music. Now, you know what I think it is that, um, you know, we've talked about it on the show that R&B as a whole is on a decline. And I feel like because of that, whenever Janae Aiko puts a song out that's a single, mm-hmm. it's not gonna be some shit where she's like, you know, fucking killing it, like vocally. It's gonna be some kind of singy, rappy shit. And I feel like it's because of the state of R&B, because if it's not kind of like some singy, rappy shit, you're not gonna get a fucking on the radio. And 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 I mean, I'm just trying to think about a traditional R&B song the last traditional R&B song that I guess you could say was traditional and I would probably say is the song Boot Up and then before that remember that joint though yeah Boot Up Boot Up yeah cause that, it has a little bit it, that one has a little bit of the singing rapping in it too but yes bro, the more traditional side of R&B I'd have to agree because I can't think of any other ones that kind of like hit like an old 2000s you know late 90s 2000s R&B joint would hit more than that yeah exactly but you know, and, and, and that should just go to show that even for that song to be a hit, it had to kind of like have those elements of hip hop in it. Like the beat, for example, was very, you know, hip hop. Yeah, or whatever. exactly. So, so I, I feel like for that reason, um, it's hard for us, unless we're fans of people, unless we dive into an album like we did here. Mm-hmm. And, and, and like, you know, we talked about before the album, you know, you were able to find a couple songs on here that that really kind of that you fucked with and it was more on the traditional side of r&b and again i just feel like it's because like i said when whenever a single gets put out it kind of has to fit into that mode of hip-hoppy r&b mix instead yeah, of like, like you said that rate that radio style play type shit yeah yep 
Exactly. No, I, I get what you mean, but I'm uh, again. I honestly, there wasn't any songs that I absolutely hated on this album. I don't think that mm-hmm. there that you can consider any of these really a throwaway track because they're all really good in their yeah. own respect. I just happen to, of course, you know, preference is what it is. But, sure. uh, but let's sure. go ahead and jump into this joke because I'm excited to talk cool. about it. Uh, so Snow it. Allegra, Temporary Highs in the Violet Skies. Uh, and number one, the intro track to this joint is called Indecisive. And I really think that the beat is very interesting on this one. Like you said, it's I kept calling it the Travis Scott kind of spacey sound to it. But it's mm. more, like you said, of the... Um, oh, God. Uh, Jesus Christ, you just said that. Did I really name. just say it? Because I can't remember um, what <laughs> You're the singer. Uh, 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 no, the male one. Uh, your boy, Frank, Frank Ocean. My bad. See, this okay. is don't, don't smoke weed, kids. <laughs> no, <laughs> Not until you really get older. Don't. Really don't. <laughs> um, but the gen, um, her music sounds a lot like his in the like the in with the acoustics because it has that spacey vibe, but it's still very much R&B and still mm-hmm. very clear. Um, so I, I, I really like that. I like the, the melody that she has on the song, it's very much an earworm. Um, and yeah. it's basically like it's got two different styles by this artist on this song because, of course, the beat changes towards the end. Um, but the thing is, is that this is like it's a very fuck you, but I still want you at the same time song. Yeah. So it's just like, is, is that not how it always is? though? <laughs> it really fucking is because she makes a point to go out of her way to be like, fuck you. Fuck everything that you're doing. Fuck that bitch you. you with. But then the next one, I still want you. If you call me, I'm coming back. <laughs> it's just like, see, and, and that's. That's why I feel like not not to cut you off, but I feel like that's where the the beat switch. I feel like kind of it fit its role. It fit its its like what it was supposed to do, and it wasn't just there for no reason. Like we've heard many a, a many a time. Do. Yes, for sure. So um, I guess just to dive into how I feel about it, I I, I like this genre. I think it's a it's a it's a good intro. Um, I think she samples herself at the beginning with the little high pitch, little chipmunky oh, voice. Okay. I think that is her. I think I think that is her. Um, but regardless, um, I agree. It's definitely kind of like a hip hop kind of sounding beat, kind of like a spacey kind of beat, like you said. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, I agree. I, I, I think it's very, uh, it has a resemblance to Frank Ocean. And I thought the drum was a good uh, start to the album. Um, like you said, very fuck you. Uh, I don't really got time for you now. You, you got time for me. Well, I don't got time for you. Mm-hmm. But at the end of the day, when it's night, and it's cold and it's winter out and 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 you don't got fucking heat in your house. Yeah, dog, I, I still there's, want you. There's space in the bed for you. <laughs> yes. Yes. Yes indeed. So, you know, uh any any guy hearing this with a scumbag ear, we're gonna be like, Yeah, that's right. That's right. God that's damn it. Right. That's right. That's, that's right. right. <laughs> but yeah, man, I, I thought this was a good opening track. Um like a nice little, you know, dive into the album, I felt. No, I agree with you. It was a very good way to start the album. And it really gave you, um, it started to give you a sense of what you what you can kind of expect from her on the album, although she does give you a lot more. Like, I, 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 again, I just think it was a great way to start the album. It was a, it was a very much a, a, just a simple mood because I was kind of in that mood the other day where it was like, man, fuck you, man, but you, but you cool. I still like you. Yeah. <laughs> I'm gonna keep it funky with you. That's why I fuck with this joint too, because I've been kind of in that mood to a certain degree myself. So I feel you on that, my nigga. That, yep. That's that's real life, dog. But <laughs> let's go ahead and go on to number two. Now, let me just jump out the window with a hot take here. Ooh. It might be a it might be a hot take. It mm. might not be. Okay. But did this not sound a little bit like a fucking like a touch? Yes, thank you. Cause I was trying to figure out. Cause I was like, it sounds so familiar, and it was like fucking with me all day. I could not think of who it was, but you hit it right on the fucking head. I I was hoping I was right, man. But like I said, I I, um I thought this one has like a very uh, Sade kind of dark kind of ambiance to it. Um, The the everything from from the drums. To the uh, to the little uh, I, I can't tell what it is in the back, whatever instrument it is in the back, uh, it has like a very kind of dark sounding uh, vibe to it, mm-hmm. and um, I, I I like this joint. I thought it was a good uh, a good track here. Um, you know, obviously talking about you know she lost the dude, but she's still you know pretty much repeating the sentiment that the last the end of the last song kind of said. Mm-hmm. So it kind of feeds off of that. 
Um, I thought the drum was dope. I thought the beat was really dope in it too. And, and I thought a lot of the melodies that she hit on here was, was dope as well. Yeah, the melodies is what really shined out to me the most. Um, I feel like you really got a much better range of what she's able to do vocally. It's, like you said, it's a, it's a sad ass song. Um, and like, she was like, you know, like even if the even when the relationship should be dead, I ain't going. I'm not leaving yet. I'll come back. Blah blah blah. Uh, but great song, great production. I absolutely love the production on this song. And again, like you said, it has those dark kind of spacey tones to it, but yep. definitely hints of, of a little Sade in there. And it's still it was like a little dark and sad, but it's still at the same time not like completely hopeless. Like it still had a yep. little bit of a light tendency to it, you know. So no. that, that that again, that's a good touch to it. All right, number three in your eyes, probably uh, one of one of the songs that I got along with the best on this album. Uh, mm-hmm. The beat is so uh, it, the beat is vicious, although I'm not exactly huge on it. But the chorus is fucking catchy as hell. I want to know who's doing the ad libs in this junk. The guy, right? Yeah, because it sounds like three different people at sometimes. Like, <laughs> does it not sound like Future? I thought it was Future. I thought it was Future, and then I also thought it was like. Um, I thought it was like what's that nigga's name? Um, fuck, there's like it was like two people I thought who I who I thought it was. One of them was Future. I can't remember exactly now who because I I be you know what I be having all these nah, thoughts. I feel you. Randomly and stuff. I what I really need to do is when I actually listen to the album, like just sit down and still have my little notes so I can take and put all these random thoughts down. Cause I have all these random thoughts, all this random shit I want to look up about the song and yep, I never yep. remember it until we're back here talking about it. I'm like, well, fuck, now I, I had that talk a week you. ago, nigga. <laughs> you know what? I'm gonna look that shit up right now real quick. Back. Cause I'm actually interested. I didn't even think about looking it up to be honest, but I definitely want to know. Cause I, I feel like it, gen- it genuinely sounds like, um, like future to at the beginning um let me see but i have to also say that the opening line of this damn song about having to fake it till you make it bro where is the lie in that we've all had to do that bullshit Hell and yeah. that was the that was a strong opening line on this song and that's that's one of the reasons why it caught me and why i started liking it the most this song just strikes a chord with me the entire topic base of this song the entire mood of this song nah bro like oh, it's, yeah. it's that's 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 a mood that's that's that strikes me let me just say this the person the person who's doing the ad libs is also the person who produced the song oh shit so who produced it does the once you hear the name you'll be like of course but <laughs> i'm just i'm going to give you one more shot to okay. think producer hmm. and i guess artist um was it quavo and, nah i'm about to say <laughs> Bruh, for real. Well, Quavo's not a producer. I keep forgetting that. Yeah, for real. For real. Oh shit. Okay. The beat does the the, the beat kind of sounds Ferrelli. Yeah. You know? It's like it's like the new Ferrelli, but it's also like because remember when um DJ Premier started working with with newer people and shit, he started having that same sound of his, but on the newer tip. So it was a yep. newer sound of his. Same thing with Timberland and shit. So I mean, this is just the maturation or the evolution. Of of some Pharrell shit, so I'm I'm shit. I'm here for it. Let's see what that man come out with now. I want to see what else he's coming out with. But they be coming out with random shit on people's albums, and you don't know who be producing shit. Mm -hmm. Like you know that fucking industry baby shit by Lil Nas X was produced by Kanye, and I had no clue until last week. Was it? Yeah. Yeah, I know that shit. Mm Mm-hmm. Ridiculous. But see, see, I I feel like it was a more of a thing back in the day to be like this song is produced by so and so. You know what I mean? I I I feel Uh... like back in the day. Don't you feel like, like I feel a like song? I feel I feel like it's kind of more now because even with the producers back in the day, they all had their signature sounds, but none of them really talked on the beat except for Timberland because you know Timberland was always making uh huh uh huh, and every now and then he'd have like a little rap jump that he'd spit real fast and then just <laughs> yeah. jump right off the fuck the beat. But for yeah. the most part, they didn't be like it was not like Mike Quill on the beat or you know or Mike Quill made it or you know mustard on the beat or whatever it is at like, the beginning like they didn't of every have a song. Drop. Exactly, like it's like now that's the thing, and that's the thing to like really promote the song more than anything. I mean, I, from what I usually see, usually if it's a if it's a pretty big artist, even if it's a pretty big artist or a big ass artist, and then like a super producer, there's gonna be brought up and it's gonna be blown up like shit because of yeah, the name of the producer. But at the same time, 
Missy and, and all of them, Timberland, blah, blah, blah. They were the big producers that were the go-to people back back in then. But they also, you know, you didn't know it was them necessarily. I mean, you knew it was them if you if you listened to the ear and for the ear for the music. But, mm-hmm. like, you didn't, it wasn't the first thing that you heard, you know, Mike Will made it, like, and then the beat comes in or whatever, whatever, or the beat comes in as that's going on or, or Maybach music or whatever, whatever, you know, like, it just didn't have that stamp on it. You, you know what I'd be thinking, right, or what I just thought better said is that, like, do you think that's the case because we don't listen to like we as in me and you don't listen to as much Mike Will made it or Metro Boomin songs as like younger people? Because you you think younger people who listen to this shit more frequently than we do have an ear for it more than we do? Like maybe like they like because I personally couldn't be able to tell the difference between a Mike Will made it between a Zaytoven between the Metro Boomin. Yeah. They're all great producers, but me personally, I just don't wouldn't have the ear to be able to tell the difference as to what makes who who. Now, obviously, you just were talking about Timberland. He has a very unique style, something that kind of... Now, is that only noticeable because that's what we kind of like, you know, came up in? I think, or... it's, I, I think it's kind of a combination because hip-hop back then kind of had the same formula. It was just the boom-bat junk no matter what kind of what kind of beat it was whether it was a simple beat or a little bit of a harder beat but like timberland and even swiss beats and and the neptunes pharrell they all came out with like just using different sounds that nobody was using in hip-hop at that point or sampling different shit like different languages or just different random sounds that no one had been using at that point to make shit sound different so at that point they were kind of standing above everyone because i don't want to say a lot of hip-hop was the same but they just had they were using sounds that no one was using before now they pretty much pretty used much the kitchen a lot of hip-hop was the same basically but i mean basically but not but you get what i'm saying but at the same time like right now i feel like every artist just kind of throws kitchen sink together to see what they can kind of create it's it's not kind of layered like the like the old school where they would go over something specific and have a specific thing in mind like i don't know sometimes i feel like shit is, is cluttered depending on who the dj is sometimes the joint is just fire I mean, is I don't know. Like, I don't really know how to classify it, but I think, I think, yeah. I think, going back to what you said originally, I think yes, you kind of have to be younger and in that lane, looking for those musics to, to like kind of tell them apart. You know what I think it is too, right? Like, the reason why I feel like there's drops now in music mm-hmm. is because there's so much more producers now. Back in the day, like, let's be real, dog. Back in the day. You probably had your house producer, your in-house producer, mm-hmm. whoever that was for you, uh, whatever label you were on. And then you might bring in like a couple, like you might bring in Dr. Dre, you might bring in a a, 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 a premiere or whoever, you know, yeah. but, but it, it wasn't like every track is a different producer. So I feel like because the internet, you know, for, for lack of better terms, um, there's more accessibility to beats. People have more accessibility to make beats. Mm-hmm. So I feel like you kind of have to, like, it, it's a, cause let's be real, dog. I guarantee you somewhere, dog, there was somebody who wasn't, let's just say, as talented as like Pharrell or Dr. Dre, who probably had a real similar sound to, to, to both of them. Mm-hmm. But because they didn't have a place, they couldn't just get on fucking YouTube and put this shit out. It, it, it wasn't getting looked at. So I, I feel like that also plays a role into why, you know, it, it, uh, a lot of music sounds the same is because there's more people making shit. So sure, you know, there's far less in between people who are making uh, um, like kind of like more, I guess, unique shit. Mm-hmm. But I feel like that, ha- that has a big role to do with it. No, I could agree with you on that. And we have taken a huge detour. <laughs> Uh, we were to, It's kind of like a detour was, was it a detour? Was that actually off point? I don't know Hey, I'm not gonna lie I kind of forgot that this was a fucking album <laughs> <laughs> Well, I guess we should go ahead and move on to the next jump uh, You wanna go on to number four? Yeah, let's do it All right. um, <laughs> So, uh, you know Because we were fucking looking up who was on the song Oh, yeah, 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 yeah that's, that's, true. that's I, true. I completely forgot what the fuck. That See, was those are the, those are them dangerous tangents out there. Nah, for sure. <laughs> um, so number four is the song uh, "Just Like That," and this is actually probably one of the only songs that I kind of don't like on this joint. Mm-hmm. Um, I I don't think it's horrible, but I just I don't know. I just don't really like her singing on here. 
I just, I don't know. I wasn't a big fan of this joint all around. The beat, everything about it. I just, I wasn't really feeling it too much, man. To me, it's an enjoyable song, but it's basically just your average, pop, like almost popish R&B song about sex and how to please the girl. So, I mean, like, you're always going to get that on a girl's album for the most part, uh, a female singer's album, I feel like. Uh, it's very melodic, though. I have to give it to you. The words and the productions do marry uh, very well on this. And I do like the beat. It has, again, that little spacey sound to it. Um, I, this one, I did call it the Travis Scott sound because <clears throat> I feel like I think this one is a little more Travis Scotty uh, versus uh, Frank Oceany. But, um, I mean, I enjoyed the song. It's not one of my favorites on here, but I did like the song. I'm not gonna lie. But I'm not gonna I'm not gonna sit here and say, "Oh my God, this is like Grammy worthy." No, no, it's not. No, no, it's an enjoyable song. It's on there for a mood. It's part of what's going on right now with the album because the album is kind of um, it kind of kind of follows a flow. Mm-hmm. Um, and like, this is kind of you know where it's at right now. It's like, okay, you know, I I love you, had you can't decide if I want you. I'll still come back. Blah blah blah. Um, you know, this is the, I'll fake the relationship if you need it for number three. And like this mm-hmm. one, like, you know, ch- just do this and do that and do this to me. And this, this makes me, this please me and blah, blah, blah. So like, it yeah. kind of is really following a flow of the album. And literally this just struck me in the face right now as I was like talking. So like, I'm kind of amazed with myself. <laughs> hey, nigga, I be doing that sometimes. And I'm like, yo, I'm kind of smart, nigga. Right? Hey yo, I be realizing I be smart in the middle of me doing some smart shit. So which means that we've been some dumbass niggas. <laughs> like yo, this is some profound shit. Where the fuck yeah. I come up with this? <laughs> who the fuck is who the fuck is feeding shit into my head, dog? Because it ain't me. I promise you. But I give it to you. Number four. It's not the best song in the world, but I did enjoy it. Yeah, I'm with you. All right. Uh, number five is uh, Neon Peach featuring Tyler the Creator. Um, I don't necessarily like the little intro to this song, but I love. I'm all over the beat, dog. The beat to this joint is fucking crazy. I'm really not a fan of Tyler the Creator as a rapper, and because he just the weird things that he chooses to say, like you can we can pop, pop the top off like a scab. Like what the fuck? <laughs> nah, you know it's funny because that that part of the fucking song because I think it's the end of his verse. Mm-hmm. I want to say before she comes back in. I always it always sticks out to me for some reason because like I get what he's saying, but still like but nigga, nigga. <laughs> it's just yeah, it's fucking the the words you use to put the idea the the images in my fucking hey, head, nigga. Like I tell you what, it's motherfucking creative because motherfuckers is definitely never rapped about a scab. So no, I, I I I'll take it, man. And but again, this is another little you know cutesy song. I guess it could get some, it could get some radio play. Um, definitely uh but it's it wasn't something that i was overly fond of but it was cool for what it was i felt the same way actually about the intro it kind of sounded kind of corny or whatever Mm. yeah you know but like you said once the beat dropped like this kind of shit feels like a summer more like a summer smash you know what i mean you ride around you know with a giant or whatever or whatever with a group of people this is this sounds like the type of like the soundtrack for that kind of you know environment, but I thought the joint um I thought the joint was okay too um I wasn't the biggest fan of it I actually like Tyler Creator uh, in general rapping and and I guess singing um but um yeah on this joint I thought he did a he did a pretty good job um I th- I thought he complimented her on this joint pretty well I, and that's that's one thing that I will say about Tyler that he typically has songs like this all the time on his albums like um. Like duets essentially with girls, and um, I don't know, like you know, because obviously he has that that real deep voice. That da, da, da. yeah, and and, and and dog, maybe it's the fucking um, what's that shit called when something is the complete opposite of the other thing? Uh, opposite. <laughs> yes, but there was a way more pretentious word I wanted to use. <laughs> but yeah, maybe it's the fact that they uh. They're, they're opposite to each other that kind of it makes them work well there's a fucking oh, true, word true. for it is that again uh, no was, i i get what you're saying by them being opposite from each other that makes yeah. it work and honestly that's the same thing with the other song that he's on later on what is it in the moment and i'll bring that up mm-hmm. then because his singing ability like you said the nigga can't really sing but he doesn't try to do the most and he just does what he can does it well and it marries well like, like it just goes together like it sounds good so but we'll, we'll get to that when we get down to that song yeah for sure um, let's go on to number six though, uh, which is we don't have to talk about it, 
which I'm just throwing out there is one of my favorite songs on this album right here. I really like it. I didn't like it at first, but again, this is another one that like when I went to go hear it for like the third time, I really sat and listened to the words to it, and I was like, God damn. Yes. Nah, <laughs> and that that's what's so vicious about it. I think the lyrics on this joint. What she's saying is so vicious because I feel like we've all felt that way before where it's kind of like, look, dog, you don't even got to explain yourself, dog. Like, yeah, I'm about to say it's relatable it's cool. as shit. It's relatable Hell as shit. Yeah. Everybody has been through this fucking, t- what this song goes through. The beat was just and, and, very stripped down and barely yep. any drum kits or anything. Just the fucking, what was it, the snare and the kick with the cymbal and the piano. Mm-hmm. Perfect yep. touch to it. Yeah, I agree. Um, my One of my favorite parts, and, and, and pardon me, I'm not too... Uh, music literate as far as vocabulary goes but i think it's the um uh um the pre-chorus of this song Mm -hmm. where she's like i can see i can Mm -hmm. see your face like like i thought that was really dope kind of like the build up to the hook or whatever yeah um and and that's one thing that i think she does very well is is like the pre-choruses because i feel like that's a completely overlooked aspect in music making nowadays yeah and i mean it was i feel like it wasn't all that used in r&b in the 90s i mean it was for damn sure uh mm. because what was it like oh if you ever listen to uh it never rains in southern california by tony 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 they have the pre-chorus joint on there that is mean as shit and they break mm-hmm. it down right before the chorus yep. comes back in and it is that should be lit we'll tell you like you're right when them joints are on there they can hit mm-hmm. hard as shit but again yeah. very underutilized in r&b period yeah. For sure, for sure. But um, but yeah, man, I, I I really really like this song. Um, everything from you know what everything I just mentioned to uh, her melodies on here, I thought were really dope. I think her melodies just fit the beat that she picks very well, and I, and I think it's very evident on this song. I agree very much so. All right, uh, let's go to number seven, uh, Tangerine Dream. Mm-hmm. where it starts out showing a lot more of her vocal range from the jump. So I was very, very excited to listen to this. Uh, mm-hmm. It moves right into almost the rapping singing vibe, which to me kind of undercut the beginning, but then the rest of it just kind of really worked together. I wasn't a hugest fan of the chorus. Uh, I feel like it's a little, the subject of the chorus is a little bit off from what the verse lyrics were. Uh, maybe that's just me. I don't know. But uh, I thought that the production on this drink was incredibly vicious though. Basically, she should have just kept up the strong vocal performance all the way through because she kind of like dialed it back a lot um, as the song went on. Uh, but again, I didn't think that the song was bad. It wasn't one of my favorites on the album, but I really did enjoy it. I, I like this joint too. Um, I I feel like um, I actually think that the um, the verse kind of did fit with, with the hook because I feel like it's kind of like a story of like, damn, you were supposed to be you know, somebody that, you know, I could potentially build with, but now you're fucking gone. And I, and I feel like that kind of plays into um, her, her first and second verse where I think she's saying she's on a plane with, with somebody and mm-hmm. then they're going to the same city and, and, and I guess they end up, you know, linking up. And then essentially with the hook, she's saying, you know, you're supposed to be, you were supposed to be my tangerine dream, my everything, you know? And I, I thought this one was dope because I feel like we've all had that experience where we kind of just hook up with somebody mm-hmm. and then you kind of start feeling them a little bit more than, you know, I guess what they feel in you and shit like that. And you start and imagining I, shit like what could be, what it might be. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, and, and, and to be honest with you, right. I feel like that's, a, and it, and it might be a bad thing, you know, to a certain degree, but I feel like that's an ongoing topic on this joint, you know? Yeah. And, Thinking and, that and something's gra- there that's not. Yeah, and, and granted, you know, I feel like you can only sing it about so much shit, I guess. But she does have a, a switch up, which I guess I guess we'll get to when we get there. But I, I like this joint. It was a much more slower song, definitely more, like you said, showcased more of her vocal skills on it. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I, I like the joint. Um, I agree. I feel like the, the whole Tangerine Dream thing kind of, I guess, is a little corny or whatever. Yeah. But I, I, I still like the song. Um, I feel like, um, what was I getting right saying? God damn it. Like you said, everyone can kind of relate to this. So I feel like it's a good song in that way. And it's honestly with this album, because all of us have had those thoughts where you're just in your head and you go way further than what the situation calls for in your head. And then you're all yep. upset and defeated and like depressed and yep. shit like that because some shit didn't yep. turn out how you how you imagined that it might happen. So yeah, 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 that's a it's a deep song in that way. Again, like I said, not one of my favorites, but it holds it out because of that. And again, like sure. you said, that is a, definitely a common theme of this fucking album. Oh yeah, for sure. 
Um, let's go ahead into number eight, which is temporary highs. And this is kind of like an interlude to a certain extent. And, and you know, obviously the album is called Temporary Highs and in what is it in the violet skies temporary highs uh, in the violet skies so i guess you could call this the beginning of the title yeah title track or album title track so um i thought i thought it was a good um i thought it was a good song a good interlude i feel like it was well put here um you know she's constantly talking about these things that keep giving her you know these temporary highs and, and again you know everything we just talked about like you know from meeting somebody to overly imagining about shit yeah. or overly analyzing shit it gives you these temporary moments of of highs and you know she's pretty much asking if it's worth it and and like is that shit even worth feeling that you know even for for a second but um i thought i thought it was a good interlude I, it's not really much to say about it she's kind of just letting out how she feels at the moment and what it sounds like and i thought it fed really well into the next track which we'll talk about in a little bit i definitely agree especially feeding into the next track uh this track was was very smart uh, putting it right where it is and it makes you think about a lot of different things not just about loved ones but friends you might have again mm -hmm. vocal skills are on display i would have loved for this to have been a full-fledged song or for him to like or for her to like go back and like redo it and make it like a full-fledged song or even turn it into part of another song like i think that this is just an incredible little body of work right here it's so emotional and everything that she's yeah. saying in it it's so emotionally charged it's amazing that the song is only like a minute and a half long or something like that you know because uh, just so much is packed in there uh, on yeah. the emotional tip. But I really like this song. I, I really just wish it was a full full song. Like If it was a full song, it would probably be my absolute favorite song on this album. <laughs> you know, I, I personally feel like the length of it is, is kind of perfect. I, I, I just feel like it's kind of, it's very raw. You know what I mean? Um, that's very... just me. I want to hear it as a whole song. I'm not saying that the length is bad. I personally would just love to have heard it as I would hear. I would love to hear another version of it as a whole song, like put like a double, put like a deluxe edition of this bitch out and make that joint a whole song. <laughs> no, I get what you said, nigga. I'm just giving my opinion. I yeah. Mean, you your opinion, nigga. But yeah, I personally feel like it's just the perfect uh, length for the song. I, I think it kind of it blends well with the next song, and for that reason, I feel like it, it kind of works. It plays its role, and, and that's a couple things we we said that about a couple songs on here, but. Um, but yeah, but yeah, I, I like the genre. Though. I thought it was a good song. I did too. And going right into uh, number nine, Violet Skies, feeding right off of Temporary Highs. Uh, again, I uh, one of my favorite songs on the track or on the album. I love the production on this joint. The instrumentation is so fucking clean. It's amazing. It sounds amazing on this. Uh, when the beat comes in, it sounds. It's like the 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 music gets a little muffled sounding almost and then she gets a little muffled sounding also and then it just pops back in and as you if you listen to it a couple of different times you can see why she did that um but very well done um very crisp as simple simplification of the fucking lyrics and the production just marry well together very smooth and relaxing relaxing she's got a thing for choruses man she can make yeah. choruses. Like I, I really got to give it to her. This is she definitely can, yeah. one of the one of my favorite tracks that I came across on this entire album. Yeah, I, I really like this joint too. Um, I thought it was a good change of pace um, because you know obviously we're just talking about like we just mentioned that um, there's a lot of repeating like I guess topics on this album, mm -hmm. and this was a, I feel like a very much needed change of pace um, and just kind of like a motivate a motivational song mm -hmm. uh, in a, in a lot of ways. Um, you know, obviously she's talking about, and, and I feel like, I feel like she's talking to herself, like saying, you know, I wish I could let you know that, you know, she's going to be good. You don't got to trip or whatever. But, um, yeah, I thought this was a really, a really well-written song. Um, and, and, and I felt like, to be honest with you though, right. I feel like this along with the last song should have been the last two songs on the album. Oh, yeah. Because I, yeah. Uh -huh. because just because I, I feel like it makes more sense than the last song she put on the album, because I guess we'll get to them when we get there, but I, I do feel like this would have been a perfect way to end the album because it kind of lets like it kind of after all the bullshit that you know she's sung about and and you know heartbreak and you know letdowns and all that shit, you know, for this song to kind of end it, I feel like would be a perfect way to kind of you know put a put an end to it. Mm -hmm. um, but you know, it didn't turn out that way. That being said, I think it's a good song, a very very motivating song for sure. Very positive. Yeah, very much, very much. So let's go ahead and go into number ten, which is the uh, the next Tyler the Creator song that he's on, mm -hmm. and it's in the moment. 
And um, again, you know, we were talking about it when we were talking about the other song, how Tyler's voice kind of, he kind of does a thing where he's not really singing, but he's kind of singing in his voice kind of thing. Yeah. And is the word juxtaposition? Yes. Okay. But, you know, I had it in my head the whole time, but I just didn't want to sound like a fucking pretentious dickhead who doesn't really know what he's talking about. At least you can say it right. I The last few podcasts, I have not been able to say that word correctly. (laughs) So... I can go yeah. start to you, sir. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so definitely some good uh, juxtaposition there uh, by Mr. Tyler, the creator. Yes. Um, I, I feel like it's a it's a good song. The beat is definitely different as well, very different from uh, from the rest of the songs on this joint. And pretty much, you know, this is what I was thinking when I when I heard this song. This is like Snow Allegra is taking the traditional male part, which is apologizing to his girl. Yeah, you're right. And Tyler, the creator, is kind of like because she's saying oh, I was in the moment, like you know, I was just tripping in the moment, like like I know I said some fucked up shit, but it was just in the moment, and then pretty much telling you know Tyler like yo like you know put your pride to the side and just you know I'm mm. sorry. She so I found I don't know if you peeped that, but um it, it was it, it kind of it took a while for me to I guess realize that, but I eventually was like, oh shit that that. That's that's kind of tight. See, 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 you catching stuff that I missed because I missed I'm that. I, but I'm this saying. this definitely now that you say that it makes more sense what I wrote because I wrote like it really I love this joint because the production it kind of feels older like that old nineties like early two thousands vibe and then mm-hmm. with that kind of conversation going on in the joint where like literally they're having a conversation during the song but they're both still singing like that is yeah. a very like nineties early two thousands thing to do. It was done incredibly well. Again, Tyler didn't try to go above and beyond what he's actually capable of doing vocally um and i i have a lot more respect for tyler because like i said i don't listen to much of his music and i've heard that one song where he sings and i was actually surprised by it like i was it was just like when i heard the red bone by childish gambino i was like this nigga can Mm. sing like what the fuck so it's just like i respect it i also respect that those two songs that i've heard tyler sing on he don't try to do extra stuff like certain other light-skinned niggas from canada that i'm not gonna bring up today (laughs) so (laughs) but um but it it was good to see him on that joint it i'm not gonna say it makes me want to go check out his music more but it makes me more apathetic and open to receiving music that comes from him and not just shunning it off right away because honestly i don't really know shit about tyler the creator like i've only heard a few songs by him I'm gonna be honest with you. I used to uh, listen to his music a lot more than I do now, and for that reason, that's gonna be one of my next uh, album reviews. Is okay. his last album? Well, nah, because his last album that came out was kind of well. I guess we could let, let, let's do his. I guess just just to put it in there, well, let's do his last album that came out. We could do that. Okay. But, but yeah, no, uh, that song, I really really enjoyed it. Uh, it was just like you said the juxtaposition between the two sounds of the voices but still the topic of the joint it, it was it just went well together and I really yeah. enjoyed it still for sure for sure the next song we're gonna go on to is uh, On My Mind and that's featuring uh, James Fauntleroy 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 yeah and um, I just wanna say before we get into the song <laughs> that James Fauntleroy sounds very similar to Frank Ocean and I remember during the fucking uh, when Frank Ocean he was releasing uh, his last album, um, yeah, Blonde. Um, there were like a lot of like leaks of like, oh, this is gonna be on the new album. And before I had ever heard of this motherfucker James Fauntleroy, somebody leaked a song that was supposed to be Frank Ocean, and I was like, oh shit, this is the new Frank Ocean song. And I was listening to it for like a week straight, and I fuck with it hard. Only to come to find out, it actually wasn't him. It was James Fauntleroy. But I, I say all that to say that he's fucking talented as fuck, and I actually really like him, and I like this part on this song, but we'll, we'll get into it real quick. Um, I First of all, the beat is fucking hard as shit to me. It, it, it's 100% more of like a hip-hop-y beat, at mm-hmm. least the first half, half of the joint. It sounded like J. Cole was about to start rapping on this joint, like 100% of J. Cole beat. I don't care what you say. That's what it sounded like, but I feel like she did her shit on this joint. I thought it was really dope. Um, I, I, I thought the hook, everything, the hook, everything about it was was really dope, including the end where my man James Fauntleroy comes in with the little weird little synth kind of in the back playing. Um, his part was very minimal, but I, I really, I feel like I, it, it was necessary to be there. Sometimes a minimum part, as long as it's just 
it needs to be there and it's necessary, it it can it can be better than someone who's got two verses on, as a guest on a, on a track. Yeah, so, you're right for sure. But like you, I love the production on this jump. The use of the piano on the example is fucking oh, exquisite. Yeah. Um, yeah. Now she sings very fast. I'm you know almost like the fast uh, singing rapping story, but the beat yeah. is so slow and just relaxed and chill that it just it doesn't seem like it should work, and it works perfectly. Like I, like yeah. that's just that's, that's a skill. Like I don't think everybody would be able to do that. Like like her doing the. It's been a minute. But the beat I, is I, like. Yeah. Yeah, it's like yeah. it's insane. You know what I'm saying? So like I think that's that's not a skill everybody can have because a lot of people they depend on the beat to ride the beat for the song. Mm-hmm. Now she, I don't know if she wrote this song and then made it work, or if she got the beat and then wrote the song to it. But either way, she did a fantastic job of making sure that her lyrics fit that, even though the speeds of them were completely different. Like that's like the most like it's one of the most impressive things on this album. I have to say. And that's one of the things I, I would say that um, I feel like, you know, as, you know, a musician myself, I like I feel like when people um, when rappers are able to find find pockets to rap in or to sing in. Yes. Yes. That aren't traditional. Yeah. That aren't your traditional shit. Nigga, that blows my motherfucking mind. And I'm like, yo, you're a fucking genius and you should be praised for it. Mm-hmm. And I, I tell you. That was one of the things about Aaliyah was that she would find them crazy ass Timberland beats and still find a way to get on that joint and blow that fucking song away. Mm-hmm. And the same thing, I have to give it to Mariah Carey. Mariah Carey's been able to do that crazy shit too. Oh, yeah. Because she Dog. can get on them fast beats, them slow beats, them soul beats, them straight up hip hop beats. And does she, does she write her music? I don't know if she writes it all anymore. But she used to write it back in the day, I know. So, oh, okay. you know, when artists get older, they don't necessarily always still write music if they're still releasing music and shit. Right, right. Makes so, I mean, it makes sense. Yeah, but before, uh, well, I have to say from Honey on down the line, I couldn't say when it stopped, but from the album Honey, which I think was her third album. And that was the time that she left her husband, started fucking with the niggas, Puffy and all them and the locks and all them. From then on, I'm pretty sure she wrote all her music. But I can't verify that for all the music that she originally came out with, like her first two albums. So, well, actually, I think, no, Butterfly was the third, no. What the fuck? Is it Fantasy Butterfly? I can't remember the hell these albums are. Whichever one had Fantasy with ODB, that yeah. was the third album. I'm I'm not sure if she wrote that entire album, but she probably she might have. But the one after that would have been the Honey album, and that album I'm pretty sure she wrote the majority of it. But I could. Somebody, the the, the ex husband Tommy Matoya. Tommy Matola, yeah, he used to be like the the owner of the label that she was signed to. <laughs> Damn, she is the. Oh, she's the initial finesse. Let me just say that. Might, <laughs> that might have not been the case, but let's just say for the sake of argument, that well, was the case. Before she, when she was married to Tommy, before she started on the Honey album, she was very, you know, always covered up. She was the good girl, you know what I'm saying? And she was always, she was very beautiful, but always cleaned up. And then as soon as the Honey album, she started becoming the sex vixen and having mm-hmm. the titties out and the ass out and the, and, the, and the high heels all the time. So, you know. Completely off track from the album review, but where yes. do you put Mariah Carey in your um your R and B? Uh, oh, she's up there. She's up there, top five. Top five. Mm-hmm. Her, yep. Whitney. Do you feel like she's kind of? Well, no, I wouldn't say underrated because people definitely, when they talk about her, they always talk about her in high praise. But I feel like people kind of forget about her about Mariah Carey sometimes. And she's also given them reason to like kind of like talk smack about her because she hasn't always been at her vocal best in the last few years, which even though she's still trying to live perform. But no, Mariah Carey is one of the godmothers of this. I don't care what anybody says. Mariah Carey is fucking one of the voices of my lifetime, which right. include Whitney Houston <laughs> and right. Aretha Franklin, Patti LaBelle, and fucking, I, give, I even give it to uh, fucking Christina Aguilera because that bitch can blow down. Oh, yeah. And I honestly, I want to see her do more mature music, but Ariana Grande too, because she can sing. She can, she can sing. Yeah, she could definitely. Hey, no, you know what's funny? Christina Aguilera, like, I don't know. I mean, obviously her name is Aguilera, so I'm sure there's some kind of, she's not just all the way white. Yes. But that bitch got some fucking, some, some fucking soul in her, dog. She does. Yo, first of all, her best album is her second album, Stripped. So if you haven't listened to that, listen to it. 
uh but also she did a spanish album yeah yeah that's fucking crazy mi refle- mi reflejo. hey dog um do you remember the song come on over <laughs> yes of course Yo, this this is gonna be completely off topic here, but I remember when I was younger, and this is like when I first kind of like, I guess I remember this dog. First got into like puberty and shit, started like peeping girls and shit. Uh-huh. And I remember, I, I don't know, do you remember that video? What the um, hold the on. come on over video? Oh hell yeah, I remember that video. Dog, she looked so banging on that joint, dog. She really was. She's ba- oh my god, her is them little outfit changes she was she kept doing. Yeah. And then when she yeah. had that green joint and she was on like the yeah. stairs and shit, bro. Nah, she was banging. She was banging. I'm telling yeah, you. Tell I you. was ten years old, losing my <laughs> mind to that shit, dog. Nigga, I was in about. was I was in high school when that came out. <laughs> I was in I was in high school when it came out, but I was still checking for Christina Aguilera. I'm not gonna lie. Nah, yeah, she's <laughs> bad, always been, man. But fuck it, let's get back on track here, man. All right. Uh, Number 12 is going to be Taste. Uh, one of my fa- absolute favorite songs. If th- This is my second favorite song on this album. Like, top of the top two. Uh, this beat goes into the whole spacey, synth-sounding vibes again. So vicious. She caught me off guard with the little auto-tune joint that she said real quick in one of her verses. I was like, why? Yeah, she did. She did. Why? But it fit the song, and it fit, like, the vibe of the song and the sound of the song. So I'll let y'all know, yes, your boy did not get too angry at it. I was not mad at it. I was, I was like, why auto-tune? You can sing. But it does fit the sound, so go ahead. You know what I'm saying? Nah, <laughs> I, I, I agree with you 100%. Um, I thought this joint was dope. Got a little scumbag vibe to it, you know. She's oh, kinda, yeah. She's running the she's running this shit now. She's saying, look, my nigga, I'm just, I'm not really trying to, you know, do nothing crazy with you. I'm just trying to get a taste real quick and mm-hmm. I'm out of here, man. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I thought this joint was a good, a good um another another time to use the word change up, juxtaposition, whatever you want to call it. Mm-hmm. In the mid in the middle of her kind of step. And you know what's funny? And and, that, and I feel like I don't know if she, and again, it just blows my mind that I just came up with this right now. But her the whole album, she's kind of been, you know, falling victim in love or whatever or in any time she's dealing with another person right and i feel like right here just like in real life you know whenever you get like whenever people get their heart broken or whenever they get you know disappointed or let down they kind of want to go out and wild out a little savage bit. mode yep savage mode demon mode demon time yep, you just yep. crack a joint and skate the fuck out it's like nah so, i don't i don't i don't need the love i don't need the i don't need all the affection yeah. i'm just trying to come in here crack your back and roll the fuck out <laughs> roll the fuck out i ain't gonna open up your fridge nope. i ain't gonna i ain't gonna check the cupboards you know why because i might not be back bitch. basically basically you know what i mean and, and and i don't know i just feel like this is a perfect example of that um very very dope song i, I agree with everything you said dope track. exactly just it's such a it's just a beast i oh god I, when i first heard that song i had to run it back more than once while yeah. i was listening to it to make sure i was listening to this correctly yeah and and you know i think we talked about this before the show i mentioned this that this was actually one of those albums that i really liked a lot of the earlier songs on the album so uh-huh. i i guess for whatever reason i just didn't listen to the later end of the album until later on and then when i listened to it i was like oh shit number fucking you know 13 is vicious number 14 is vicious and this is definitely one of them joints that like i, I ended up coming back to and i was like yo these joints like that and I have to, I have to just to tag on. I have to say that there's a lot of R&B albums that are so great for like the first eight to nine tracks, and then like maybe there's three or four songs you don't really fuck with, but then like the last three songs on the genre are vicious, but you never really get back to those last three songs because you ain't trying to mm-hmm. suffer. You listen to what you like and you just stop. Yeah. Most of the time, yep. you don't even remember yep. what them last few songs sound like. Yeah. Duh. Hey. So I, I feel like that happens pretty because I haven't listened to like a a ridiculous amount of R&B albums. But would you say that that's a pretty consistent thing that like sometimes there's like two or three mm-hmm. just kind of like dull ass fucking songs on, on the r&b joint yeah like i give uh brandy's what album was it what album the full moon album her third album the whole joint rocks up until about number nine and then it just gets like i just lost like taste for it and i didn't like like nine ten and eleven but then i forgot that like 12 was vicious you know what i'm saying so so but i didn't listen exactly. to 12 for years because really i just i just never went past nine on the album and then when you have your shit on fucking shuffle you're like holy shit i fucking forgot about this fucking like wait song, a minute bro. who the fuck is this oh yeah i remember this song shit yep yep that's exactly how that yep. should be though it's annoying, but again, it's what it's also one of those cool things. It's like a it's like a 
uh, finding like $10 in your pocket after not wearing your coat for like two years yep. has been in the back mm-hmm. of the closet. <laughs> yep. That's exactly what it is. Random as fuck. But, oh, that's pretty tight. But yep. now I kind of wish I would have had this fucking last week when I needed it. Exactly, but, nigga. Shit. <laughs> but, but let's go on to number 13, which is uh, the song Everything, which if I remember correctly, again, another one of your favorite joints on this joint. Number one. Number one. Now, let me just start off by saying I agree. Is To me, it's it's probably number two or three, but it's definitely in the top three of the album. I thought this joint was dope as fuck. Yes. Um, I, everything from how she builds up the chorus, her singing on it, it just this sounded like a very, and I think I mentioned this to you earlier, traditional R&B uh if if you could in, in 2021 mm-hmm. man everything about this was dope uh the production was vicious the chorus you said the build-up was vicious but the chorus was so simplistically simple once again she just has a way of taking a chorus out of something that's so fucking simple and just turning it into something that's just so so much more than what it is and it's just a few mm-hmm. words um the production on this jump like i said out of out of control it's actually kind of a very hopeful and happy sounding track um and it's just all about like you know you're my everything this is it like Mm -hmm. you know this is you know i'm about you this is what it is so she kind of it's not quite the simping as it was before this is more like the we're actually in like the committed relationship and Mm -hmm. like i'm gonna fight for everything for this like you are my everything no matter what the fuck happens and it's like it's almost like um like a not a commandment but like you know uh, you know, you shouted in the rain up to your girl when when you all when y'all had that one dumbass fight, and she's not <laughs> trying to listen to you, but she's in the apartment on the third floor, and you in the rain just trying to shout up and get her because she's not answering the phone and shit like that. That's this uh, this that type of shit. This, this this was that type of shit. Yeah, no, definitely. You know, I mean, she one of her. I think one of them, like the main lines is, "You make me feel how I should feel." Mm-hmm. So, like you said, she's finally feeling this shit, and again, kind of goes on with the whole, you know storytelling if you will of the album she's finally in that shit you know she finally got what she whatever and the confidence and... the confidence in her in this song versus other songs where she was simping on it mm, exactly exactly so I, I thought i thought this was a very well executed song um i think she showed a lot of uh, versatility compared to earlier in the album with a lot of the singing rapping shit yep. i thought you know for the traditionalist for the more old school i felt like this definitely was up your wheelhouse so um oh, yeah I thought this one was dope, man. All right, let's go to number 14, uh, Dying For Your Love. Again, the production is great on this. The melody on this song is great. Another simple but, like, vicious-ass fucking chorus. Uh, the, she has this, like, it's it's all about the tones when it comes to her voice for me. Because, like I said, she's not always, like, just, you know, blowing shit away like Mariah Carey. But she has this ridiculous ability to match her vocal tonity to, or tonality or whatever the fuck the word is to mm. the actual tones in the music. And it yeah. just brings a whole mm. different vibe out of it. It's not like she's just singing over it. She's singing at the same exact tone. So yeah, it's it's just a completely different experience. Um, again, this is another great song. Uh, pro- definitely like top five for me on this album. So I that's really it. I gotta say, like I I love it. Like the whole. That's, I, I, I have to say, I'm sorry. The bottom half of this album is sick. The whole bottom half of this album. Like, the hey, whole the in. whole album is dope, but the bottom half is. Mm. Yeah, no, nah, and and you know, I I feel like to a certain degree, it, it almost takes like it slows down. I feel like that's kind of what happens with the album. It mm-hmm. kind of just it slows down, and even this joint, I feel like it had very traditional R and B sounds to it. Um, even from the hook, you know, the chorus on the joint, I feel like it, it just sounded real good. Um, and yeah, nah, I I agree with everything you said. I thought the joint was dope. I thought the beat was dope. I thought it was a good song. And yeah, I thought the joint was really dope. But let's go on to the last joint, which is uh, number 15, Save Yourself. Now, I previously on this joint said that I felt like this should have been in the middle of the album. Now, pretty much, you know, this is kind of her going back to the beginning. Like, kind of like, kind of like, oh, shit, like, you know, telling the nigga, like, yo, I know you're just going, you know, leave me or whatever, so go ahead and just save yourself. So it's kind of like, now, granted, maybe that's the the message that she kind of wanted to convoy because or convey because obviously life isn't always you don't always get the fucking person you know what I mean sometimes yeah. you don't you know what I mean so I, maybe that's that's what she kind of was going for on here but um, I just felt like this kind of I don't think it was a great track to end up to end the album 
So and a really good album for that matter. But I think that if you were to just replace this song with uh, number eight and number nine and just have them switch places, I thought I think it would be a really really uh, good album all around. But I just feel like that was it was kind of like out of place in a sense. I um I kind of agree with you. I wouldn't say switch them with eight or nine, but I would say like put I would say eight. I would say this one and then eight and then nine. Or okay. yeah, 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 this yeah, one, right. then eight, then nine, and then I would leave it to just end on dying yeah. for your love. Per- me personally, but since she ended it with this joint, it was it was just really sad. It was kind of heavy. Um, yeah, it, yeah, it was it was too heavy for a last song. Yeah, and it was just like as it seems like you know we already stated the first half of the album she was kind of simping and looking for love and always falling for dumb shit, and then it's like the ha- second half of the album she kind of came into her own and was accepting things. She kind of saw her worth more, like you know, you like you said, you deserve, I deserve, to, you treat me like I deserve to be treated, shit like that. Mm-hmm. But then she goes into this whole super depressing thing after she gets all this confidence and it's just like, all right, it's basically done for me. Save yourself, blah blah blah. And it's just like. I didn't really understand why that would be the last joint on there. Um, I could kind of see it as a way, but I mean, like to me, it just make more sense if you put it above eight. So if you do this one and then you get more happier and then even more happier and more confident and then kind of end the album right. that way. But again, artistic license, not notwithstanding. <laughs> hey, that's a fact. That's a fact, man. But uh, so overall, what did you think about this? Look, man. Like I said at the beginning of this joint, I am a fan of Snow Allegra. Um, she's from, well, she's Swedish, but I think she's like resides in Canada. So she's Canadian for all intents and purposes. Okay. Which, which let me just bring this up that I found that certain melodies on this joint sounded similar to certain melodies of your boy Drake when he be doing his little singing shit. Now, all I'm saying is, Maybe just maybe she was one of the ghost writers. She's in Canada. Could be possibility. Possibility because I'm telling you, there I, I can't pin like right now tell you exactly what line it was. But I remember like when I heard it, I was like, yo, this sounds like some shit Drake would say. But because Drake has already had the ghostwriting allegations, we would have to just think that, okay, and because Snow is the better singer than Drake, mm-hmm. we'd have to think. Okay, Snow wrote this, not Drake or whatever. So, yeah. but nonetheless, that's neither here nor there. Um, I thought this joint was really dope. I thought, uh, I thought she, she, I wouldn't want to say she surprised me because I already had high expectations for her. To me, she, it, the album lived up to my expectations. I guess better said. Um, and I, I was really, really excited to listen to this joint, and yeah, lived up to expectations for sure. Now I kind of took this. I had to kind of take this in the way that i had to take listening to or getting used to like checking out future and young thug and all the others that we've that we have gone through all these years and you know how i've grown in my ability to actually like listen to newer rappers and accept them and see them for what what they produce and all of that other stuff so i was like all right if i can do this for rappers i can do this for singers so let me go ahead and check this joint out album was ex- way better than i was expecting and again I, I i'm not i hate to say it but i go into a lot of things with like really low expectations because if you go in with low expectations you really can't be disappointed <laughs> you know what and, and like, at the least you'll be uh um surprised exactly pleasantly surprised. and i was pleasantly surprised great vocal ability again i thought she was just gonna kind of be a streamlined the way she does her voice like janae but she and i'm not saying because i again i've only listened to one album by janae so i don't know what her vocal of the years, mm. Janae. If you ever hear me say this shit, it's not a knock on you. I'm just ma- at I'm, all. It's this is what I see, and I'm commenting on what I see. So, uh, <laughs> great vocal ability. Her storytelling is is good. It's going to get better, and I can tell that just by listening to go listening going through this album because the stories did get better between different songs. Um, I really love the fucking vibe that she gives off on her music. It's like. Not an overly depressing vibe, and not an overly happy vibe. She rides that nice middle, but can give you all of the emotions of everything, at least so far that we've seen. Um, so I can definitely see myself going back to this album. I can definitely see myself checking out her music in the future. So I guess if I was going to give it a score out of 10, I'd give it a solid 7 because I really did enjoy this album. And it, it made me want to like, all right, now I'm going to start actually like trying to like look at more R&B singers that are more currently 
uh, out there to see what they have to offer and not just write them off in the beginning. I bet. Um, for me, I'm going to go ahead, step it up one point. I'm going to go ahead and go with an 8 out of 10. Um, I thought everything you just said, you know, I agree 100%. I thought this one was a really dope album. I feel like, um, you know, previously I hadn't, like, I hadn't really dove into a project of hers. I had only listened to a couple songs of hers that I did like. But again, you know, especially in, in today's age, um, you really got to see if an artist is a really good artist, can make a good album, not just a couple good songs. Because nowadays you can you can get famous off of a couple good songs, which wasn't, you know, the case, you know, back in the day. So uh-huh. I feel like... Um, I feel like I was pleasantly surprised with this joint. Um, I think she did her thing on there. I think she, again, she, you know, she lived up to whatever, you know, norms the industry has now, you oh, know, yeah. for, for R&B to, to coexist with rap. Mm-hmm. But I do think that she definitely stayed in, in the R&B realm on a couple joints on here for, uh, for, for whatever that's worth. So I, I feel like there was a good balance of both. And uh, I thought it was, it was a really good job. I agree. All right, well, thank you all for taking the time to listen to our inter- our interview. <laughs> thank you all for taking the time to listen to our album review for Snow Allegra, Temporary High in the Violet Skies. Uh, we both really appreciate it. We both really appreciate it and like this album. We hope you do too. Uh, but before we go, you guys know we'd like to try and give you a little suggestion of something to either watch, listen to, or read. Mm-hmm. So, sir, did you have any suggestions for the folks out there today? Yes, I did, actually. And I'm a little late to the party. But I just started watching uh, season three of You. Now I don't. Have you ever watched You on Netflix? I haven't. No. All right. It sounds like a dumb ass show, <laughs> but it's a really good show. Okay. It's pretty much a dude who's like, like he's like your typical good guy, like kind of nerdy looking, okay. whatever. And um, turns out he's really not all that good, and he's kind of <laughs> like a psychopath. And, and, and to not give away too much, that's pretty much the the premise of the show but it's a really good show very well written season three just came out so definitely go check that out if you have not yet again i know i'm a little late to the party i think it came out like a month ago now but definitely go check that out you're not that you, late oh uh, well nigga nowadays <laughs> nowadays because you could binge watch everything in a, a day essentially true Nigga, if you haven't watched it within a month of it coming out, you already know you're going to run into spoilers on Twitter, on YouTube, nigga, Instagram, all that shit. Like, if you haven't watched Squid Games by now, bro, I know you know everything about that show. Oh, just yeah. ba- j- Just off of scrolling on mm-hmm. Twitter or Instagram. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Shit, even memes, yeah. <laughs> memes will fuck yeah. that shit up for you real quick. <laughs> nigga, like, when they were talking... You've seen uh, Squid Games already, right? Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Like like when they were talking about like the old guy, there was like a couple memes about the old guy. Like yeah. when you when you when you think is when you think he's harmless, but he's really like nigga. If I had not seen this shit, I would have been pretty fucking blown because I would have been like, what the fuck do you mean by that? That nigga just died. Exactly. Spoiler alert. <laughs> well, I mean, it's been out for like a couple months now at this point. So fair enough. Fair enough. <laughs> All right. Well, for today, I actually have two. Uh, my first one is gonna be the new movie on Netflix, The Harder They Fall which is the black Western, which stars all of the current black Hollywood, including Jonathan Majors, <clears throat> Idris Elba, Zazie Beetz, Regina King, Delroy Lindo, Lakeith Stanfield, R.J. Kyler, uh, Danielle Deadweiler, uh, Edie Gothrigi, and Dion Cole. All of these people put in incredible performances, and Dion Cole probably puts in one of the most impressive performances because I would have never, I've never seen him play anyone like the character that he is in this movie. <laughs> like, he's the sheriff of one of the towns, and I just, I did not expect that performance from him. But it was a really fucking good movie. I'm planning on going to watch it again. Uh, I'm not even a westerns fan. Like, I, my parents love westerns, and I grew up watching them because of them. I can't stand right. westerns, but this one was really fucking good. So if you get a chance, check out The Harder They Fall. The cast alone is worth it. And also, yeah. my second one is for the potheads out there, a TV show on Netflix called Disjointed, which stars, yeah. uh, which stars this, the, I'm sure she's won an Oscar at this point, uh, Kathy Bates. She's a old school... Um, incredible actress she's known for misery which is like the horror movie where she basically like ends up saving her favorite author from a snowstorm or some shit like that and like nurses him back to help but she she like hates the fact that she killed he killed off one of her care like her favorite characters so she holds him hostage until she writes him back into the story or some shit like that so like that's an insane movie it's it's old as shit but it's a it's one of the like 
one of the like most known like not horror movie but like suspense movies i guess uh but she she also played bobby boucher's uh mom in the water boy for a more uh temporary uh reference for that so if you've ever seen the water boy with adam sandler his mom is kathy is uh is the kathy bates let me just say you kind of just brushed over the fact that she might i'm sure she has you know couple of words or a couple what'd you say i said uh, she i know she's got a grammy or something like that at this point you know well, or oscar well, or something it would, it would be an oscar yeah, yeah. I was <laughs> but um to, to just just to answer to that when you go on wikipedia uh-huh. you have to click on a separate page that says oh did you want to see the page that has her awards because she's just because she's that yeah. v- vicious because <laughs> she got awards on awards my nigga she's been nominated like a hundred times though. yep well, she, and, and and she's won like almost twenty. Mm-hmm. Well, in this uh, joint, she's basically a a pot smoking uh, weed activist of the seventies who now owns a dispensary in Southern California, and it's about her and all the her son that works with her owns the shop, and all the people that work with them, their friends, and all the other shit that goes on there. So there's the dude who grows weed for the dispensary who grew up, I think, on like a commune or some shit like that. There's the uptight Asian girl who stopped going to medical school. There's the the white right. girl, the black guy who's the security guard. Like, you know, it's just, a, it's a funny ass show. And Kathy Bates is just incredible in it. And the cast around her is good. And they do this thing on the thing called the strain of the day every day where they basically like go live on Instagram or Facebook. And they talk about right. the new strain that they have in there. And they always give it a dumbass name. And they come up with a little <laughs> thing that comes up with it. But it's it's just a funny ass watch. Especially if you're a pothead, you'll really enjoy it. So go check it out. It's called Disjointed. And it's on uh, Netflix. I might watch that shit today, dog. Hey, dog. I'm telling you. Watch it and get back to me. I'm telling I got you. you. <laughs> I got you. I got you. All right, well, is there anything else that you'd like to, any other uh, pockets of wisdom that you'd like to share with these folks out here today, sir? Let me, uh, I haven't done this in a while, but I'm going to do this today. <laughs> to all you bitch-ass niggas on the road, oh. as we speak right now, who A, change lanes, Ooh. B, make a right turn without using your turn signal, <laughs> your mom and your dead grandmother suck a fucking Dick. Wow, where'd the hate come from? Nigga, every fucking day, dog. These, hey yo, in all seriousness though, y'all are the worst people in the <laughs> world because you know why? Because you are so inconsiderate to anybody else on the road. Oh, you're my. one of the worst people in the world if you don't use turn signals, especially if you're driving like a fucking piece of shit and you just cutting people off. Fuck, if you're going to cut people off, at least use a turn signal so I can know, okay, this nigga's a bitch-ass nigga. Let me let him in through. <laughs> I love it. Oh, my God. But like I said, kids, use your motherfucking turn signals <laughs> when you turn in. Not for safety, but for fucking... Uh, what's the word I'm looking for? For fucking... For, for, for being a fucking decent driver on the road. He's the right? decent human being. Being a de- yeah, for decency. For human decency. <laughs> Fuck safety. Do it for human decency and use your goddamn turn signals. That shit actually blew me today when I was coming off from school. <laughs> I love it. It's so petty, but it's so real. <laughs> it's real. I hate you niggas, dog. I want, I want everybody who drives like that to get into one big-ass car accident. Wow. Wow. I'm sorry, I, I don't normally say and hope things like that, but I think people who do that are the only people on the road that deserve to get in a car accident because they're probably a big reason as to why a lot of accidents happen. <laughs> Just remember, everybody. There's my hot take. We, we, we do love everybody out here listening. <laughs> We're not wishing bad on everybody. I do. <laughs> oh my god hey, yo, uh, So I'm, I'm going to just go ahead On that note On that yeah. very angry note You know I know y'all can find us for your listening pleasure On SoundCloud, iTunes, iHeartRadio Podcast Addict, Stitcher, Spotify Radio Republic and Google Podcast You can find us on Instagram and Twitter At HQ Podcast And yes sir that is all spelled out damn it Yes sir <laughs> Oh god Yo and like I always like to say, um, if you can't be good, at least be the best that you can be. If you can't do that, man, at least make your mama proud. And if you can't do that, at least use fucking turn signal. <laughs> <laughs> All right, y'all, we out. <laughs> we out. <laughs> <laughs>